Absolutely. Uh, without any further ado, we're going to go to the main event of today's show. Uh, Marichimo against Sporting. Marichimo taking on Sporting uh, in Madeira. Last time these two teams met, uh, Sporting ended up winning one nothing in the final minute thanks to a penalty from Pedro Porro. This time, on the other hand, 1-1 draw. Um, Maritimo and Sporting share the spoils uh, in Madeira. So, you know, going going into this match, I, I thought that uh, it was going to be a very difficult game for Sporting, looking at how many players they were missing. You know, looking at, obviously, you had Pablo Sarabia suspended, uh, Pedro Gonçalves missing out due to injury, Zuhair Fadal missing out due to injury. You know, what did you make of this match? It was a very difficult one coming into this game for Sporting. They realistically, every game is a cup final. They have to get three points to keep the pressure on Porto. And look, when you miss, when you're missing Sarabia, Pot, Pelina, Tavata, and Fedal, who was the late, the, the late absence, Sporting ended up only having, I believe, seven players on the bench. To, including two goalkeepers and Esugu, who's a B-team player, uh, 17 years old, I believe. They only have two options coming off the bench that really added anything to the attack in Edwards and Vinagre. Edwards hasn't really had a look in. He's probably still adapting to the Amarin system, where he's got to do a lot more defensive work. And Vinagre, who, look, after that infamous Ajax game, just hasn't worked out for him. You could see that Amorim kind of had to do the best with what he has, which included forcing Paulinho and Slimani to work together. It's been something that has been tried at the end of a resolved game before. Today, that day just did not look like it worked. It looks like Paulinho and Slimani a lot of the time want to do the same role. and. There's just missing that capacity for an Amorim side to play with the wingers. The wingers offer a lot to the way Amorim wants to play. Those attacking transitions, an outlook for the ball, just to carry the ball forward, receive it from a long ball, run, and the capacity to play over the top, which happens a lot with passes from Inácio, Matheus Reis. It looked like they were missing a real outlet. And Braganza, you'd say, usually offers a lot of ball-carrying ability, and he does. But with Ugarte, who usually played as more of the holding player, it, it just looked like Braganza didn't know where he had to be. Right. L- was always looking for a winger to give the ball to, but you just have Paulinho drifting in and out of space, kind of getting in Slimani's way a lot of the time a little bit out of the game. Nunsanch was really not on it. Neither was Porco, to be honest, because Maritimo knew what to expect. Full, full credit to Vasco Siabra and this Maritimo team. They had studied Sporting well, and they had the counter to how Sporting wants to play because they're very, very heavily reliant on attacking transitions and using the long balls and the crosses. When they don't have that, they don't have that much. And it's been one of my major criticisms of Amorim. 
the, the team's just a little bit unimaginative at the moment. Yeah. It's just cross after cross, long ball after long ball, waiting for someone with a little bit of individual quality to make the moment happen, force it to happen. But there's, it just didn't come. The ball didn't want to go into the net. And if you want to be a champion, you need to force the ball into the net. Even when it's not happening, it needs to go. And it happened so many times last season with Watch up front. You'd always have, you'd find a late goal from somewhere. But for me, Edwards came in too late. It's 76th minute. You could see way earlier that it wasn't happening. Nonsense, he wasn't connecting any crosses. Vinagre came in instantly better. Braganza got taken off. I can see why he's been lacking a bit of fitness. You can see he's not really in rhythm. But at that moment, you kind of have to keep him in. You, you have to take out Ugarte because as good as he is, he doesn't offer as much going forward as Matheus Nunes or, or Braganza does. So for me, it was just a case of maybe Sporting wanted to risk it and bring a couple of options from the B team maybe a couple of wingers. There's plenty of talent in that team, despite what the division table might say in the Liga 3s. There are, there are a lot of talent in that Sporting B team and even under 23s. It just wasn't working. And for me, if Sporting want to break out of this, they need to force for the goal more. They, they've got to press. They have to stop this lack of intensity because they tend to get the goal and just sit back. And even... Even the last 20 minutes of the game where, you know, a team is going to be looking at this. They're going to be looking at the league situation, subconsciously even. They know they need to win. If they don't win, there's a high probability that, okay, league over. Realistically, Porto can take it to nine, eight points difference. And if it's not a win, it won't do at the moment. And with a lot of luck, Porto did end up dropping points. And it's even more disappointing because they could have made the most out of this game. They could have closed the gap, but they didn't because they're making the same mistakes. This lack of intensity, trying to find a goal, some different ideas instead of always going the same route, trying to find a solution down the middle, taking a risk. Like Matheus Cage likes to do very often, he likes to do the overlap, even playing from centre-back, creating that overload. You didn't see that once in this game. It's like Sporting gave Maritimo too much credit because very similarly to Sporting, Maritimo liked to play on the counter, play in transitions, and they're very strong. You saw Maritimo's goal ends up coming from a very worked, well-worked play where they build up from the back and play in the transitions. And it could have been another one in a very similar situation, exactly on the transition, a very good counter it could have been 2-1 if it wasn't for a slight offside. It's just very disappointing from Sporting because you know they have so much talent. And with players like Sarabia, Braganza, even Pot, Edwards, Vinagre coming from the left, Pujo, okay, he had an off day. You can say that there's more than enough creativity in this team especially with Matheus Nunes creating opportunities from nothing with his, with his runs through midfield. It, it, it just isn't working at the moment. And when he needs to seriously look at this and make sure it doesn't happen again, because the, in the way that Porto usually 
from minute zero, minute 90, always killing the opponent, will not let them breathe, always on top of them. That's another way of combating the, the quick transitions. Exactly. And when Porto played Maritimo, yeah. it worked. Exactly. Sporting just gave them too much credit. And, of course, the, the injuries, the suspensions didn't help. But it just, it just wasn't good enough. And it's another game where Sporting go home, they didn't put the chances away, and they're going to be majorly disappointed because as much as it's a relief that Porto did not extend the gap, yep. it's just much more disappointing that they did not take advantage. And they could have. And one thing I wanted to mention, Kevin, because, I mean, let's, I mean we've talked a lot about Sporting, but Maritimo, this is another very impressive result from Vasco Siabra's men. Vasco Siabra, 38 years old, has already managed the likes of Passos de Feira, Fumalica, Boa Vista, Morenense, and now uh, Marichmo. Very impressive uh, resume, at least on paper. It does seem like, you know, this Marichmo side, who uh, seemed like they could be fighting relegation earlier in the season under Julio Velasquez, they're, they're definitely so- showing some signs of life. Not only are they, are they getting good results, but they're also playing very well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Siabra's impact in Madeira. It's, it's night and day when you look at what Julio Velasquez was doing during his time. Don't get me wrong, he's a solid little manager. If For a team that wants to be organised, that don't have a lot of attacking talent, he will do. He does the job. But when you have so much attacking talent, which Siabra came in straight away and locked their potential, just in this game against Sporting, you have five attacking-minded players. You have Beltram, Gitan, Shadaj, Vidigal, Alipur. And they were playing a winger right back. You can see instantly the mentality change from let's be compact, defend. But when you have these players attacking talent and you've seen that they can create chances, they can be lethal on a counter-attack, all very good with the ball at their feet, why defend? You don't have to. You've got good enough players that you can go forward and they can retain the ball well enough because they've got that much quality when they have the ball at their feet that you can do more. And Vasco Siabra has definitely got the most out of them because instead of forcing players into a system that doesn't work, but the manager knows to play that system, Siabra can adapt. He adapts not particularly a formation, but a system. In the same way that he will tend to focus majorly on transitions, and why wouldn't you with this attacking talent and with players like Zainadine, who, for one, what a defender. Diog Minj as well in the middle, very strong defensively and can pick the pass and play on the counter. But in a way that's not negative. You don't have to pay, play on transitions, but be negative. You can do it at every, every situation. And against smaller teams, when you, when you can control a bit of possession, you can throw every man up there. You can play a high line. You can afford to do that because there's just so much movement in that attacking front line. And you saw Gitan, he's always been an amazing player. Since the moment that he set foot in Maritimo, there's been potential there. For years, there's been potential at Maritimo. You can't say that it's a lack of talent. You cannot have 
players like I've already mentioned. You've got Zainadine, you have Beltran, you have Gitan, you have Shadas, you have Vidigal. As well was on the bench, even Edgar Costa, the, the captain. You have so much quality at this Maritimo side. And Siabra is the only one in recent recent years, I'd say the last, the last four years since the last election before the one that just passed. Siabra is the only one that really wants to venture forward, make the most of it. And credit to him, he can adapt to an opponent in a way that instead of playing Minch, who positionally isn't as strong as Kosti, who came in, for example, he makes these little tweaks that it's not changing the system. Changing personnel does enough that you can get the most out of your team and not have to just defend. For example, putting Vidigal up front instead of the left wing. Vidigal is, he's, he's a great player. He's frustrating at times because his decision-making is not there. But look, you put the ball to him. He's going to run. He's going to keep it. He's going to draw the foul. And as much as he might lose the ball, might not have the final decision, the final touch. Instead of playing him on the left, where you can afford to take a few more risks against an inferior opponent or one more of the level of Maritim, you can afford to have him on the left. But for this game, Vasco Siabra puts him up front. And before the game, I was thinking, why not Joel instead of Alipur, for example? But the work that Alipur puts off the ball, you saw it with Sporting at times having a real difficulty of playing out the back, which is usually a very big strength of those or of that team. But you never saw a reaching through ball from the back that went to Borg or Sant giving width on the left or right because Alipur was all over the place pressing them like crazy it's just these little tweaks and as a whole Vasco Siabra came in immediately said I want to get this stadium back pumping full of people full again and unlock the potential in this Maritimo team and a lot of um, a lot of credit has to go to the new president Hui Fontes because he can easily just keep uh, Velasquez. He wasn't doing a horrendous job. wasn't doing a great one, but he wasn't awful. You see some recruitment errors, major recruitment errors from even a couple of seasons ago that are still impacting this side. Apparently, a lot of financial difficulty. You can understand where. He will look at his new inherited side, just want to keep them in the division, not risk it, just assume that, okay, for this season, we'll take it easy. But no, he went straight in, say, no, we're changing the mentality of this club. And it's perfect partnership when you look at it. It's worked marvellously. And finally, the attacking, the defensive talent, it's always been there, maybe a little bit lacking for what Maritimo wants to be, which is, fighting around Europe a little bit more consistently. But it's just an amazing start. And it just comes to show you don't need to resign yourself to defence, defence. Just counter, hope for the best. Just pump one ball up there and see what happens. No, you can try and play on your own terms. And it just takes a manager that will make plays buy into the philosophy and that will trust in his own. Because it's not a new thing from Vasco Siabra. 
It didn't work as well at Boavista with some more defensive-minded midfielders when realistically he needs that quality on the ball to have it go forward. And he did have a decent time as interim manager at Moreirense. And he did it for when he was the Mafa manager. He took a, a team to the second division, stayed in the second division, made a push for the higher places and had a cup run, much like they are now. It just takes a club that is willing to give the facilities to a manager that is willing to do it. You don't need to go for the lead VD girls who have this reputation of just anti-football, defence, no thought for the attack or entertaining football. It doesn't always have to be like that. It just takes a little bit of a change in attitude, sometimes change in personnel and giving confidence to who's there. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned at the end Lito Virigal, uh, an ex-Aruka manager. Aruka, they themselves taking on Morenz to close out Saturday's action. And uh, Aruka going down right before halftime. You know, a goal from Jan Santos. Aruka, on the other hand, uh, equalizing from Bruno Marquez just after uh, Fabio Pacheco's red card. Morenz, um, and despite playing with 10 men, uh, they found themselves close to taking the lead, but saw their penalty saved from Ibrahima Kamara. Um, Kamara's penalty being saved by Aruka goalkeeper Victor Braga. Overall, a 1-1 draw that I think uh, Aruka, will, Aruka fans will be more disappointed with. Uh, obviously, Morarens fans, they will be disappointed as well, given you know their penalty. But uh, it, it was an interesting match, a very heated match between uh, two teams that are fighting relegation. Aruka, currently, tw- currently uh, two points above Morarens, who currently sit in the uh, final, uh, in, in the relegation playoff spot. Uh, so, interesting match. Your thoughts on this game? Um, I think Moridens come out of it lucky with a point, despite scoring that goal, the initial goal in the first half, and having that penalty chance. When you look at the statistics, and for anyone who watched the game, you can definitely see the change in man- mentality from one club to the other. You have Adorka, who tried to play football on their terms, had immense possession. I, I'm not looking at the statistics. I, I guarantee that it's into the 70s, if not the 80s, from what the game seemed like. It was a great performance from Aroka, who, against one of their fellow rivals for staying in the division, you could, you could kind of understand where, if they would want to try and sit back, let Moridins come forward and hit them. Because at the end of the day, Moridins, Aroka don't have the biggest budget in the world. They're never going to have the best players. But they've got a project. They, they do the best with what they can. And they've been growing into the division, to be fair to them. that You can see clear performance improvements. And they've been more impressive than past Aroka sides that have come into this division. They're another one that have kind of got bad reputation for being a little bit negative with the selection of managers. As you said, Mid Vidal is one that is universal 
for being one of those managers that, let's say, is not that fond of the attacking side of the game. And you saw a similar manager with that mentality in Sarpinto in this game. I, 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 I get it. Morinins, they don't have as strong a side as they have in the past. They've sold Abdul Conte, who obviously is a big miss for that team, but you, you could see one team wanted to play football, the other one wanted to waste time. At the end of the day, it was quite apparent. But do you think that Conte, I mean, obviously a big miss losing him uh, in January to Tra, but what do you think have been the biggest reasons for Morinins's Morenz's uh, decline because this is a team that you know had been finishing you know seventh, eighth, uh, ninth over the past few seasons. Now suddenly uh, looks very, very much uh, like a, an increasing possibility that they could go down. What would have been you know in your opinion the biggest reasons uh, for this decline? It's been a bit strange because usually they're that team that can grind out a result, usually quite solid defensively. This season, they've been leaking quite a lot of goals, which is uncharacteristic for them. I'm not 100% sure. I know in this game, I haven't watched an immense amount of Moridens this season, I will be honest, but if this game was anything to go off by, I was not at all impressed by either wing back in Paulinho or Pedro Amador. They offered very little in this game. Paulinho, especially, I know he's had a couple of performances that were not at all very inspiring from him. And it seemed like today, that day was another one. And look, there's been a little bit of a lack of stability around the club. And if they do, their ambition is obviously to stay in the division. They're another one that has sold a key player in the middle of a relegation battle, much like Bissad. And okay, we don't know the ins and outs. I also could imagine that it might be a bit of financial trouble. We never know really until it happens. And there's rumours around it. And look, they do have a couple of good players. They've got Jan, they've got Rafael Martins, even Camara, who missed the penalty. He's been a promising player this season. But they're just lacking that defensive stability. They're not as defensively strong as usual. It looks like the units are making a lot more mistakes in general. And I'm not convinced by the wingbacks. And Abdul Conte many times played on that left wingback role. If not, he can also play at centre-back. I believe he usually took up the role that Amarur was taking up in this game. And they just didn't offer anything defensively or attacking-wise. It looked like Oroka could just run riot with Bukia, especially. He was a good outlet for the most of this game. And the midfield of Oroca just seemed to overpower Moridius. Ones wanted to play football, the others didn't. And in terms of Moridius staying in the division, I know they've got the same amount of points as Tondela. They're only two behind Oroca. Even Vizela is not that far away. They're only four points ahead. Borvista five points ahead. But when you look at Moridius playing this game against a fellow rival staying to the division, you can't say that based on quite a lot of what we're seeing. Do you believe that they will stay in the division or at least won't be dragged into a battle against the third place of the second division? 
it just looks very uninspiring. And I'm not sure 100% what's gone wrong, but I would put it down to uncharacteristic errors and a lack of stability, which usually is what makes Morenense. Absolutely, yeah. We'll be interesting to see what happens with both Morenense as well as Aruka. Um, I, I mean, I don't hate Morenense, but at the same time, I'm not going to be shedding any tears if they do get relegated. Uh, you know, they play some of the ugliest football in the league. And uh, I, I do think there are some talented players, as you mentioned. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with, with that side. It's just, it's just Sarpinto coming in. And <laughs> especially for a team that they've just sold their one of their best players, unquestionably, in Abdul Conte. He's not going to be the guy that takes that line down. He's known for being quite a fiery character. He's had uh, troubles with the boards, so with quite a lot in his career as a manager I don't imagine that behind the scenes everything's going to be going that well and unless you've got an immediate impact where he's winning games and he's in a good mood I do not see this relationship ending well on what it is getting saved by Sapinto and it just shows that the project there has fallen off there's something not quite right because they were getting those consistent finishes around mid-table. And all of a sudden, they hired Litvidigal, obviously just keep them into division rest of the season, see how it goes from there. Sacked after four games, if it was even that many. Absolutely. And then they go and get, then they go and get Sarpinto. It just doesn't inspire anyone that they're thinking of anything except, please, save us, get us into division. We, they've already sold Conte. It's like they're preparing life in the second division where they know it's basically their doom. And they have some qual- quality players. But you can't understand some of the moves, some things behind the scenes. For me, you could pin it on that just from seeing the Sarpinto move. You can never see that relationship ending amicably. Right. Absolutely. Sunday's action, uh, getting started between... Uh, a, cl- a clash between Vizela and Portimonense. Uh, Portimonense going ahead via a set-piece goal from Hil- William Hosha. Uh, Vizela equalizing from Gilherm Chatin. And the two, t- the two teams uh, ended up settling for a draw. Not a bad result for either, but uh, Portimonense continuing their very worrying run of form so you know since since defeating um since defeating Morenz on December 12th they have drawn to Aruka and uh and and then they beat Kamalikau uh on penalties in the Tassa de Portugal that was their final victory back in December uh and nothing but draws and losses ever since another you know, another middling result for Paulo Sergio's side, who just seemed content to be trotting along, trotting along, and you know that's that's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but you know, having having sold Beto on deadline day, having sold Falicande uh, in January, two very important players. Um, I, I definitely think they're content to just ride it out and you know accept. A, a mid-table finish. I don't think there's... I, 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 we'll see what happens, but I don't think there's a, a threat that we're going to see Portimonich 
really get dragged into the relegation fight. I think I think they're okay. We'll see what happens though. Vizela, on the other hand, fourteenth uh, in the league. Now, obviously, another newly promoted side that are uh, that have taken twenty four points from twenty four games. Aruka, another promoted side, just two points behind them. Um, and uh, the, I definitely think that Vizela have left some positive impressions. I'm not sure if it's going to be enough to to have them stay up, but uh, a, a decent result for them, considering the fact that they had they they were missing both Samu and Castiano uh, due to suspension after they picked up Reds against uh, Pasos de Feira. Uh, you know, talk to me a little bit about this Vizela side under Alvaro Pacheco. I'm very impressed. I'm going to confess I didn't really accompany their their transition from the second division into the first. I know they've been on a little bit of a journey. Definitely a feel-good story. Definitely something changed in that club. There's been, uh, among, among the last couple of years, there's been a change in project, and you can see it on the pitch. They definitely have a positive mentality when they come into the pitch to play. They they don't shy away. They like to play 11 against 11. And you could see from when I, I started trying to look at this team and see what we could expect from Vizela, I was immediately impressed because they didn't come into the first division with a lot of the rejects from the current first division that have gone down. It's been, they've been a, a very ambitious club in their transfers, bringing in Nun Moreira, for example. I, I think I can just use him for this because he's a player that was in the under-23s of Sporting and wasn't getting much game time. So left and took the jump over to Vizela and got the vote of confidence and he's shining there. And you've got a number of players that you can say are very good with the ball at their feet want to play attractive football, obviously a little bit more aware of their limits, being a small side from the north of Portugal, uh, Alvaro Pacheco, he's, he's a lovely manager just to watch in a, in a press conference. Obviously a very distinct look about him, but he's just a, a very feel-good story, this uh, Vizela side. And you've got a number of players that you can say that will definitely stay in this first division, even if Vizela don't. And I think they've got enough about them to stay in, definitely. They've deserved a lot more from a few of their games, I can tell you that. They do create enough chances, usually, to be able to put them away. There was missing something in this game from either side, just that end product, just to take it to one side or the other. But for me, Vizela, they've got a lot of talent. Uh, Rashid that came in in the winter window, that's someone that you want to bring in to boost your chances of staying in his division. A player that obviously had a very good time at Santa Clara when he was last in Portugal. I was very impressed by him, by his time there. And he's finally getting up to his full fitness, which will help Vizela a lot. And you've got Kiko Bondoso, Samu, as you mentioned, that was missing. Anun Moreira, those three in midfield, two wingers, one that likes plays the 10, they're very good players, very good, very technically gifted. And 
if Vizal are going to stay in the division, I'd say it's down to them. But I'm also quite impressed by Kiki on the on the right hand side, on the on the left hand side. You've got Coffee uh, on the right hand side. Their captain Paulo and even Claudemir, they're just very solid players. They're very suited to the way Vizela want to play, and they've got enough confidence to do it. Even though, much like Oroki in many senses, they won't have the same budget as a lot of these staples of the first division but they'll still take the game to the opponent and you look at their bench you've got a player like Mendes who's I believe around 20 years old you've got Sarmiento around the same it's just a very positive mentality to bring into the first division not just let's just focus on staying in this in this division this season it's doing up but building something bigger you don't need to bring in the veterans from the teams that just came down to stay in the division. You can bring in a player that has potential, just need someone to unlock it and to play the style of football that you can play and still stay in the division. You don't need to play negative football like Bissad at the moment are, like Moreirense, like Maritimo did for many years. There's always potential there and I'm very impressed with Vizela for not shying away. And I'm sure that many Portuguese fans of football will be looking at this Vizela side and saying, I wish they were more like this. Because you see even the, the stadium and the way that fans constantly fill up the ground. And it's a good atmosphere there. Don't get me wrong. It's not like a lot of smaller stadiums in Portugal where sometimes either the atmosphere or the numbers fail to turn up. Vizela are very close-knit club in the community and you can see it all around there's a different sort of feeling than to an Oroca and especially to a Bissad who are missing that kind of close-knit and that un- that unity even like a sporting does at the moment and Porto with Conceição having that kind of Barra as they say in Portugal they, they just have that they want to stay in the division and the fans get behind them and they've got enough about them with these players. I'm just very impressed overall. Their project as a club, a lot of their players, their manager, it's just what we want to see in Portuguese football and this is how we'll improve a league. If it's not the way in the Port- uh, as the federation will improve it by improving the scheduling and many things that are not up to par when you look at the opposition, as in the French League, Dutch League even, and those above. This is what we need. If they're not going to help us, it's got to be a, a team like Vizela. Get the numbers in, play the right football, and you can, you can bet that a Nuno Moreira, a Kik Bondoso, someone like that, they will get big moves, and that's how they will survive. They've got the fan base behind. They've got the project to carry on producing these players and stay in the division and grow. And 